Tonight's podcast will be chock full of baseball, golf, MGA style, that is. And we can't forget about hockey. And then there were four. Welcome to the Stanley Cup semifinals. Are you ready for some couch potato style? Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. Sports, 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 sports. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in your face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. Well, guess who's back from the IR? Oh, from the IR, baby. Old Timothy Wiltberger. I feel as bad as I look. How do I look? Pretty bad, right? You look pretty bad, dude. Yeah. That's okay. We got a lot to talk about. There's a lot of sports happening. We've been off uh, for about a two week sabbatical, a little IR ish, whatever. A little unplanned, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But we're happy to be back on the air, and we are coming to you from Dallas and Las Vegas. Ooh, guess what? Pretty sure that's not a brewski. Just saying. I need something to wake me up. <laughs> yeah, right? So sleeping on the couch. I, I was literally a couch potato right before this. You were sleeping on the frigging couch. You're like one of our fans. Mm. The couch potato yeah. heads, man. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. We've got we've got a little bit in store. We absolutely got to talk some baseball because it's going crazy right now. And yeah, then and definitely got to talk a little bit of MGA golf because they both North Dallas and Las Vegas had their tournaments this past weekend and then they were mediocre i they were quite mediocre Mm -hmm. and then we have to talk about hockey baby because stanley lord stanley's cup is right around the corner huh right around the corner it's actually going to be interesting i will be actually at the game tomorrow and uh it's going to be fun i'll try to record some uh some live you know reaction especially after the game get some fan reaction that we could put onto the podcast for next <laughs> sunday go. that'd be pretty fun <laughs> i got the recording uh, uh device on my phone so it should be no hey, how was that hockey game would you like to say something to monday morning couch purpose who the fuck is monday morning couch <laughs> potatoes <laughs> that very well could be true uh, but boy. at the end of the day it's going to be pretty pretty awesome to at least get some like live you know, feedback, even though the, the well, they'll be on their second, possibly third game by the time we, you know, next week, but that's okay. It's all right. It's all right. So T dog, uh, you've got, man, your team. Look out fighting for almost what? first place huh? the Cubbies. Oh, they're having fun, man. Are they having fun? Did you, I don't know if you caught yesterday's game. Uh, I think it was yesterday's game. Um, Anthony Rizzo. Probably one of the best two-strike hitters in baseball. Uh, 
a 14 pitch, 10, I want to say 10 foul balls, including nine two strike foul balls, and he hits a home run. Wow. First time, I believe it was the first time that Wrigley was allowed to be packed. So they had all their fans. Yeah. Um, I mean, these guys are having fun. I mean, Peterson today, he knocks in a run and he lays down on Jock Peterson, lays down on first base and looks like he's, you know, posing like Burt Reynolds on the bearskin, bearskin rug in the middle of the floor. I mean, it's just, they're, they're out there having a good time. Um, you know, they missed their boy Javi today. He, he jammed his thumb uh, yesterday's game, but yeah, I mean, they're right in the mix, man. And it's, We've, you and I have talked about it. I mean, who knows what these guys are going to do with some of these, some of their free agents that are coming up. Yeah. Um, but if they continue to win like this, they're, they're making it impossible for the Cubs to think about. You know, you remember the white flag trade? Mm-mm. No. The White Sox? The White Sox with the white flag trade back in the, like, mid-90s when they were, like, in the – I want to say they were only, like, two or three games out of first place, and they had a fire sale, got rid of a bunch of players. Um can't remember exactly who they traded. I want to say like, you know, maybe McDowell was one of them or something, but whatever. I mean, it was just, it was a big deal. It was a, it was a white flag trade that Reinsdorf did. And, uh, you know, there's, there's rumblings about that because, you know, the Cubs very well could be in a position to potentially do something like that. I don't know if they'd be dumb enough to do it, but you never know. Yeah, man. Well, I can tell you this. I, I hope they don't. I mean, they're they're playing well as as we were saying in the beginning of the season. You know, they it's a team that needs to warm up too, right? I don't think Cubs ever really started off terribly strong most years. Usually a warmer weather, well, except for this. Yeah, except for the the uh, the World Series year. I mean, they started off really hot. They won like twenty five of their first thirty games or some crazy number like that. I think but yeah, the, typically yeah. Yeah. I think the White Sox did the same thing that year as well. Started off hot, but yeah. the Cubs kept it going. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and you know, right now they're, they're playing well. I mean, they're, they're, they're hanging in there with the Brewers. The Brewers are, are getting hot at the right time. Uh, I believe they've won three or four in a row, nine out of their last 10, and the Cubs are hanging right there. So Milwaukee right now is, is really the, the team to beat in, in the Central with Chicago. They're, that's going to probably give them the challenge. We thought the Cardinals are going to be up there, but they just seem to be. They're just falling apart. Their their relief pitching is terrible. Um, you know they're struggling. I mean they've got the best third base defender in in baseball, or at least one of the best. And they've got great defense, but they just got terrible pitching. And right now they're struggling big time. They and are. They've lost nine out of ten or something like that. So they're, they're yeah nine out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah so the Cubs are there. I mean they're, they're it's going to be a fun kind of run through June here. I mean and this is a this is a tough stretch for Chicago that, you know, we knew it was going to be, um, you know, going through the month of June was really going to be the test on whether this team was going to be able to play at, continue to play at the level they're playing at. And let's be honest. I mean, they're getting some unbelievable relief pitching where they shouldn't. I mean, they, they shouldn't have been getting the relief pitching that they're getting. Um, but they went through a pretty big gauntlet. Right, I mean, they they yeah. they swept San Diego uh, towards the end of you know towards the beginning of the month, end of May. Um, they got knocked around by San Francisco a little bit, but they came back. They took I think two out of three from San Diego, and then they sweep the Cards. I yeah. mean, yeah, the Cards are sliding, but you know they've got later this month they're going to have some big tests. They got to go. They're going to be hosting Cleveland, I believe. Then they got to go out to L.A. with a four game set against the Dodgers before they finish up against the Brewers up in Milwaukee. So. 
the end of this month, that last seven, nine game, that nine game stretch to close out the end of the month, I think is going to be really the tail right there. Oh yeah, on, uh, what this team's going to be. Well, they're on the road for both LA and Milwaukee, right? right. So that's seven games straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I might have to. Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to be Cincinnati in too. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to be in Philadelphia that weekend, the 24th through the. 27th I'm going to be out actually 28th I got to I'm going to have to bring my gear to do the do the podcast out in Philly man going to be remote podcasting from Philly um nice. but it looks like to me it looks like that you're absolutely right tough stretch man I mean they also throw in at home with the Marlins which isn't that big the Mets coming up that's going to be an interesting matchup on the road then the Marlins yeah, and hoping, Indians. I was hoping Degrom. I was hoping Degrom was going to be hurt, but he's going to be there, unfortunately. So I mean, yeah, I would say, what's your thoughts? Uh, they go five hundred or less coming out of this next what? Really, the next fifteen, sixteen games. Well, a lot of that's going to depend on what the Brewers do. I mean, if they go five hundred or less. Um, you know, if they're hanging around 500, they're still going to be what 10 games over 500. I think that's not terrible coming out of the month of June. Um, again, depending on if they, you know, if the Brewers stay hot, I mean, as long as they take <laughs> that, that series against the Brewers at the end, um, at the end, of the, at the end of the, um, uh, month, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, if, if Brian can continue to stay hot, I mean, he's really the one that's, it's making a, a move to be, either get paid by Chicago or get paid by somebody else. I mean, somebody's going to buck up and pay this guy. He's not going to get Bryce Harper, or, you know, Manny Machado type money, I don't think. But somebody out there is going to give him north of $200 million. I just think it, it's it's going to happen. I mean, you look at some of the numbers as he compares to, like, Nolan Arenado and the contract that he has. Yeah, he, he does not have the stellar defense that Arenado has. But at the plate, you can't argue with it. You can't argue with what he's been able to do. And – you know, he's really only had, I mean, he's had some injury concerns, but he's really only had one bad season, and that was that strike, or strike, I keep saying strike, the COVID-shortened season. Yeah. So, I don't know. They're going to need some help, though. They need. They do need to get some addition. They need some on-base guys, some guys that can get on base. I mean, Eric Sogard we should not be playing second base for Chicago. He just. We need a second baseman. And so they've got to look after that. They need another starting pitcher since we traded away Darvish for, you know, a bag of used jelly beans. So, I don't know. I, we'll see, but it's this is the month that this is going to tell right here. Yeah, Chris Bar- used jelly beans, by the way. Chewed jelly beans, eaten jelly beans. Well, what they, the fuck is he used jelly beans? You don't even have to eat. You, they could just be an open bag of them. <laughs> I don't even know why that popped into my head. See, I'm, I'm still. Drunk. I like it, and for you to even then talk about it even more is even funnier. <laughs> so, so far, Chris Bryant, uh, he's he's hitting two ninety seven with an OBP of three seventy seven, an OPS of nine thirty one. He's got 13 dingers, man. So, I mean, he's doing what he needs to do to, you know, this is a contract year for him, right? Yeah. And his OPS is, you know, hovering near, I think it's almost 950. I just said 931 OPS. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I missed it. There you go. Chris Bryant's got a, you know, he's got something, but you're absolutely right. Javier Baez needs to be back playing and he's, he's pretty hot too. He's got 14 home runs. Contreras got 11. And uh, everybody else is single digits. So the team is heating up. It, it needs to happen. And does it need to happen? Well, right now they're they're tied for first place. The Cubs and Milwaukee are in first, first place. Leading into this back half of June, 
which then is about the halfway mark. Once we get out of June, we're about the halfway mark of the season. And mm-hmm. that right there might be a good barometer to f- get a feel of where the Cubs upper management thinks they're going to go. That's right. And what's your thoughts? That's- what What would you like to uh, – your honest thoughts, what would you like to see? Well, I mean, realistically – they they've got to make a they've got to make some smart moves and I think that um, if if I were sitting in that chair and knowing what I've you know where I drafted him and what he adds to this team I don't know how you can let Chris Bryant walk I, I really don't I know that a lot of you know people were like complaining about him and there's a lot of people that were saying you know let him let him go let's get somebody else and you know, just it, it really, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me because you look at what he's done. And again, yeah, I get that he's had injuries, but you look at the the stat line for him over the seat over, you know, he, he obviously run rookie of the year back in 2015, followed it up with an MVP season, which again was a promising start to, you know, and when you looked at the trajectory of his career, you pretty much assumed, okay, this is going to be one of those $200 million plus guys and the Cubs are a big market team that can afford to pay him that. Yeah. Um, had some injuries in 2018 that he dealt with. Uh, came back in 2019 and had a good season. He hit 31 home runs, knocked in 77. I believe he mostly played in the number two slot. So you're not going to get a bunch of RBIs there. And then, of course, 2020, he regressed. So did a lot of other people. Absolutely. Right? So did a lot of other players. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, see, he's just not chalked up what he is, you know, what he was going to be and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, now now what is he doing? Now he's got 13 home runs through 60 games. You know, he's on pace to hit 30 home runs again. He's hitting close to 300. He's getting on base. He's he's having fun. He plays everywhere on the damn field. You can stick him anywhere. And if you're not going to re-sign Anthony Rizzo, you can stick Brian at first. He's got a good first base glove too. So, I don't know. I, w- I think I would I would figure out a way to keep him and Javier Baez. I would figure out a way to keep if I if 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 I could keep three of the four. Yeah. It would be Bryant, Baez, and Rizzo. And I would see what I could get for for Contreras. That that's that'd be what I would do. But I mean that would be I'm not Jed Hoyer. No, of course you're not. But you know, some of the things that you have said, you know, predicted, even with the Bears, the Chicago Bears, um Bears. They, they've kind of go they've come true, right? Some of them, yeah. You do follow your team. It's pretty interesting. You know, the other interesting thing there, T-Dog, speaking of the Cubs, Kyle Hendricks, eight wins, four losses, 13 games. He's coming around. Yeah. You hear that, John Mandala? Kyle Hendricks, Cy Young Award winner, 2021, baby. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. No, 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 no. But, you know, there's five games he did. You know, he started 13. He only has eight wins, four losses, one game, you know. The professor. But he has one complete game. He's the only one on the Cubs that ha- that does have a complete game. But who would have thought that? And, you know, I tip my hat to Edward Azale. Mm-hmm. He's looking. He's coming around. He's four and five, the 406 ERA. 11 starts. Zach Davies finally coming around. Well, Davies was pitching great today before I passed out on the couch. He had he worked through six-plus innings. 
Yeah. And, um, no, didn't give up a run. I don't think. I think I dozed off right after the seventh inning. So yeah, it was two two nothing. You guys won two nothing. Uh-huh. And w- what do you think about this Keegan Thompson kid? Uh, they're high on him. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's got a good uh, he's got a good changeup. I, I this is one of he's one of those surprises in the in the uh, uh, in the bullpen. I mean, these guys these this Ryan Tapera is another one. I mean, these guys are just p- pitching well. I mean, obviously, Kimbrel's playing out of his mind. He's like old Kimbrel, but you got Dan Winkler. You got you know Chafin's uh, sub two ERA. Ryan Tapera's a sub two ERA. Keegan Thompson's right there. I mean, this is this is really where the Cubs are supposed to struggle. And you've got five guys right there: Kimbrel, Winkler, Chafin, Tapera, and Thompson, who are just you know between the five of them, they got about a hundred innings pitched, and their ERAs are between you know. 0.66 and 2.01. Yeah. Nobody predicted that. Nobody figured that that was going to happen, that the Cubs were going to have that. So, you know, if the starting pitching, if Hendricks can start pitching better, pitching like he's supposed to be, and you get, you know, Davies starts to get more consistent, um, but and they can get somebody else in there because Arietta and, and Trevor Williams, they just aren't cutting the mustard. And maybe, you know, maybe we can hang in there, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to just quote unquote hang in there. And I don't, we don't have enough in the minor leagues to go for a couple of bombs at the trade deadline. So it feels like it's going to be one of those where we kind of just have to skate to the end. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we get the wild card and, you know, maybe we get lucky and make a run, but it's hard. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And eventually this, this, this uh, bullpen is going to come down to earth, Ron. That's the other thing. at least that's the feeling that people are going to have. Sure. And I don't know if you have the depth in starting pitchers too, you know, no, that can continue. So, but Wrigley's rocking uh, the sweep to nothing was the final in, in in Wrigley. Sweeping Uh, the birds, baby. Birds were swept, which is great, which then pushes you guys into first place. So, well, I think we're tied for first because the Brewers are okay. Yeah. The Brewers tied tied for first. Very good. Yep. And then you have the Southsiders out there. They are they're running away. They're geez. running away with that, that central. And they're missing some key players, bro. Mm-hmm. They're 41 and 24 right now. They're five and a half games in first. They're eight and two over the last 10. They've won four in a row. Their, their differential is 106. Runs scored versus run, runs allowed. 106. I'm looking at the. That's huge. That's that's huge right now. Yeah. Uh, the the next team closest. That's got to be the best in baseball. It is. Okay. So the next yeah. team closest, I think. I'm well, looking at the Astros because I thought the Astros were either the Astros or Dodgers. Dodgers. The Dodgers are 91. Okay. So, man, I've been I've been watching watching some of those games. Rodon throws a gem today. Uh, almost uh, six and a third of no hit frames. End up winning four to one in Detroit. Actually, I think they they swept Detroit. They might have, yeah, because they won four in a row. But they're you know well, you're, you're what's crazy is looking. I'm looking at the roster. You know they're they're getting their pitching looks great. I mean, their pitching is, you know. What is it, Jolito, um, Lynn, Lance Lynn, Rodon. Still have, uh, where's that other cat? 
Hendricks. Well, Lance Lynn is just pitching out of his mind. Out of his mind, yeah. Uh, he's pitching great. So's Rodon. I mean, uh, yeah, they're, they're Dylan Cease. Amazing. Another one that's just playing mm-hmm. former Cub. Playing oh, was he? Mm-hmm. Great. And your infielders, you still have, you know, Brayu, Anderson, Mercedes, Mancata. I mean, oh, they're Madrigal's having a good season as well. Correct. And, you, and guys he, start, you guys are starting to hit now, too. So that's the, I mean, Mercedes has sort of cooled off a bit, but overall, I mean, they're they're getting some pretty consistent at-bats from, you mentioned it, Anderson and Abreu and, and Madrigal for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's fun to see and to think that, you know, there's some players on the IR. Nick Mandrigal, Mandrigal actually is on the IR, 60-day. So is... Um, what is this? Michael Kopech. He's on the Kopech. Kopech on the IR for 10 day, 60 day for Mandigal. Billy Hamilton was back. He's not back. I know he got hurt. Oh, I thought he was back. And then Billy Hamilton just got hurt. He was having some really good games. Uh, Luis Robert. He's out too, but we did get eaten back. Ingles playing good. Garcia's playing good. These guys are, I'm telling you, man, it's it's fun to it's fun to see this team play, and there's there's so many pieces that still need to come back, you know, that you know can hit. Uh, I was reading a, a bit yesterday. When did, when did uh, Madrigal get hurt? Because I know he played well against Detroit last week. It was it was. Did it, did it just happen this weekend? Yeah, it was like over the last one or two days. Oh shit, that's a tough loss. Then sixty day. What the hell happened to him? That's not good. I, I don't know. I have to look into it. Hmm. But I was uh, reading. Uh, um, I was reading the story. You know, even with Manigal out, they still are are out hitting. That's that's with um, Jose Abreu's was didn't have a hit, and they still out hit the Tigers. So they're it's their pitching has been really good, and they're hitting for the players that are coming up that are you know next man up kind of mentality. They're coming in and hit. Because Matt, you're absolutely right. Madrigal actually. Madrigal. Madrigal. Thank you. <laughs> you caught him like five different things in the last five times you said his name. So Madrigal, <laughs> he's hitting 305. He's actually leading in batting. That tells you how much Mercedes came down, right? Uh, like I said, yeah, he cooled off, definitely. Which you knew he was going to. He had to. Yeah. It was a great story, but let's be honest. Well, and plus it doesn't help that your manager, you know, Gives you shit about hitting a home run, <laughs> whatever. And yeah, then Tim yeah. Tim Anderson's playing really good. Thirty eight runs batted in. Jose Abreu with eleven home runs and forty nine RBs leads the leads the White Sox. And then Tim Anderson with stolen bases at twelve. I know it's just like it. It seems like they go on run after run after run. I'm I'm trying to I'm looking at their schedule, and then I want to look at their um. So the for the month of June. Yeah, they, let's see here. Here we go. So they beat Detroit. They swept Detroit this week. Uh, they took two of three from the Blue Jays. And then they have took uh, three out of four against Detroit again. And um, they've got coming up. This is Now, this is interesting. Um, I wanted to come out there, actually, for my birthday, but I can't, unfortunately. But the White Sox, are they're going to be at home playing Tampa Bay the next three days. That should be that should be a really good series, mm-hmm. as I believe Tampa Bay is leading 
their division. And then Ash, then they're on the road to Astros. They're playing Pittsburgh, which is fine. Uh, Mariners have cooled off as well. They're at home again for Mariners and Twins. So that they should round out uh, June pretty good. I think. Well, there you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's pretty... It's it, Once again, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's nice to see the uh, old uh, black and white team, the uh, the White Soxies, you know? Well, and I know we're talking just, you know, right now, Cubs and Sox, but have you, have you at least had a chance to see what Jacob deGrom on New York is doing? No. I mean, I mean this... He's, he's on just having a historic season thus far. Um, he's literally only given up four earned runs in 10 games. Wow. He had one stretch where he had three games where he struck out 43 over three games, 14, 14, and 15. That was back in, in mid-April. He's battling some tendonitis right now. He's still supposed to – I believe he pitches against the Cubs on Wednesday. Um, but he's got 20 – I think he's got 22 consecutive scoreless innings going right now. His ERA is 0.56. I mean, that's just insane. He's got 103 strikeouts and eight walks in 10 games. Yeah, he's in fuego. Are, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I was hoping the tendonitis would flare up and he wouldn't pitch, but hmm. I don't know. We'll see. He's When's his next start? Do we know? I think Wednesday. Wednesday. I think Wednesday. Well, we'll definitely we'll be on. We'll be on for Wednesday night uh, special talking uh, Las Vegas Raiders schedule. But yeah, Nick uh, Nick Mandrigal Mandrigal uh, was placed on a sixty day IR for torn right hamstring, June tenth. Oh, a torn hamstring. Yeah, he's his goose is cooked. Yep. And then uh, what other ten uh, day IR for what is it? Kopech. Yeah, yeah, Michael Kopech. And I'm looking to see those are the big ones recently. So that's a bummer. He was having a, he wasn't having another good, you know, these guys, once again, next man up, but our pitching is pretty, pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dylan, Dylan cease strong outing, eight starts, eight wins. Cease flat out owns the tigers, baby. When he plays them, just saying. Is there any uh, teams, though, in MLB that you're like, eh, I wouldn't mind watching them besides your own Cubbies or my own White Sox? Um, No, not really. I mean, I don't mind watching the the Angels. It's fun to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani do their thing out there. Um, I mean, obviously, DeGrom gets on the mound. I'd like to see him pitch it's just seeing those historic type numbers when you think back of the you know they start talking about some of the amazing uh pitching back in the 60s and things like that before they changed the mound um you know the bob gibson's of the world i i don't it's just those are the type of games i love watching the 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 pitchers duels and things like that you know yeah you know, chicks dig the long ball but um I don't know. You can watch Arizona. They've lost 10 in a row. I'm sure they're fun to watch. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm sure they're that's cheap to go to the game, too. Actually, it's funny you should mention that because I saw online the other day it was cheaper 
to go to get tickets to a Minnesota and a Milwaukee game than it is to have a beer in the game. It was six dollar tickets. Wow. To get in to get into Brewer Stadium or Milwaukee Stadium, whatever you call it, Miller Park. Wow. Their beer is probably ten dollars. <laughs> so Easily ten bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So And then um, um well the other thing I wanted to mention that I might have forgotten. Oh, uh, so Tampa Bay and Chicago are clashing this the next three days. And they're yeah. both, you know, Tampa Bay is coming in with a three-game win streak. They're 42-24. and 24, And they actually lead MLB in uh, wins. And then you got the White Sox 41-24. and 24. So this should be a really good series to watch. And what's your thoughts on, on the uh, refs, or refs, the umps, uh, you know, going after those pitchers with a little that they think is some substance on their hat. Any thoughts with that? Well, well I mean, I'll touch that for a second. I mean, you you mentioned so not not necessarily any teams that I'm out there watching, but I think that the National League West race, I think that's going to be fun to watch, right? I mean, we talked about the Dodgers and the Padres and how good that team those teams are, and that this is really expected to be a two team race there. Um, you know, and they're not even in first place right now. Right. Yep. I mean, the yep. Giants continue to play well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're getting great play out of Buster Posey and, and, and others. The pitching is, is, is they're doing real well. Can they held, hold up? You know, I mean, they're, they're fighting like mad hell to hold back LA and San Diego, excuse me, LA and San Diego. Yeah. Um, I think eventually it will come down to the two big horses. They're going to make the moves necessary um, to get to, um, to get past San Fran, in my opinion. But it is interesting to see San Francisco sort of being up there, caught, making it a three-team race. Yeah. So we could see both the wild cards come out of there. So that maybe not necessarily teams, but that division race is going to be fun to follow as those teams, you know, beat the crap out of each other. Um, as far as this, so you're talking about the spider tech, um, you know, with the with the stuff that they're using. Uh, here's the thing. So they say they're using it. Um, as a better way to grip the baseball, um, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but now that we have all these different ways to analyze the baseball's movement and everything else, I mean, think about it, spin rate, right? Mm-hmm. They're looking at the increased spin rate that they're using this spider tag or whatever it is to, to help increase the spin rate and causes the ball to move and drop. And it's, you know, it's a lot tougher for the hitters. Um, I really, the interesting thing is, is they, you know, some of the pitchers come out and defend it and say, you know, oh, we're just trying to make sure we don't hit anybody and, you know, so on and so forth. But hit by pitches are up, right? I mean, we're still seeing pitches out of the zone. We're still seeing, you know, uh, walks, you know, and things like that. Um, So I don't know if that's really what the thing is, especially when they asked, I think it was Garrett Cole, the Yankees, they asked him about it, and he yeah. fumbled right through his response, um, which, again, he's being honest. He's probably using it. Of course. Uh, so so I don't know. I, I have not done enough real kind of digging into it to see, you know, what – I mean, it always seems like there's one thing or another. I mean, after the Houston scandal with the garbage cans and and all that, it seems like now there's an amplifying amplifying glass on, on potential cheating or – teams, players, whatever, trying to get a leg up. So everybody's got their radar up. Everybody's got their, their ears to the ground. And, and, you know, they're going to, if they hear something, they're going to say something and be the next whistleblower, whatever. I mean, just go out and play the damn game. 
I, you know, I, it's, I, I don't know. I, I, that's, that's my thought on it, but I don't well, know. Maybe, well, maybe a different sense. No, no. So my, my thought was there's a couple of, you know, as, as a colleague of mine says twofold, it's a twofold issue. Uh, one, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So they get better spin rate or better grip or whatever you want to, you know, say, uh, number two though, is that, even though they get better grip, that they're asking for better grip, I'm sure the pitchers or the hitters don't mind because that better grip, that's because remember, that's what they're using for better grip, um, allows them to throw the ball faster, harder, whatever. But I wonder if the hit by pitch is down. You know what no, I mean? I just said, I just said, I don't think it is. That's what I, that's what I'm saying is I don't think I don't think hit by pitch is down. You don't think so? In fact, I think it's I think it's up if I'm not mistaken. At least that's and they what changed the ball right this year was the year they, they changed ch- the ball. Yes, they made it softer or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Because there's been more there's been more what not complete games but uh, no hitters right in the first quarter. Yeah, there was a lot of no hitters. I was thinking we had what six of them. So is the change of the ball with the grip, you know, with the, the, the stickiness or whatever, that combination making it more difficult to hit the ball? I would say it probably is. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it probably is. Um, but I'll tell you what, I mean, it's, you know, it. I think that uh, now that they're looking at this, you'll see, well, we'll be, it'll be interesting to see if you see the, a change in, in the hitting, all right? Because... If they're watching for it, then obviously these guys are going to stop using it. Um, I think actually Cole's last game, which he didn't supposedly use it, his spin rate was like way down. Yeah. And and it was right after some minor leaguers got suspended, I think. Some minor league uh, pitchers got suspended, and that's what Donaldson called out. He's like, hmm, I don't know. Maybe is that why his spin rate went down? And he had a bad game. Mm -hmm. He got crushed. But he's been hovering around like 2,500 RPMs where it's supposed to be usually down around 21, 2,200 or whatever, which, again, it's insane. that they get, They're measuring spin rate on a baseball, and, you know, I don't know. So we'll see. Yep. Was, but just the way he answered the question, it was – he just – it just looked so uncomfortable. You know, I don't know how quite to answer this, you know, to be honest, and he's just kind of looking in this call. He's like – um. You know, what did he say? There's there's customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players. What does that mean? Does that mean that they've always been using spider tech? Well, why are we just complaining about it now then? Because Josh Donaldson's struggling? I don't know. Yeah, right. So. Well, we're going to be right back after this commercial, and then we're going to talk a little MGA Tour golf. The key to any podcast is poor sound quality and tons of commercials. <laughs> well, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fast commercial. Well, we can always throw in a little UPS. Here we go. I'd like to thank our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service. When you want something expensive thrown on your porch and stolen, you want the U.S. Postal Service. <laughs> you got to love it. So let's talk a uh, little MGA. I know uh, not a lot of people that are following Monday Morning Couch Potatoes are familiar with the MGA, but the MGA is Mediocre Golf Association. Uh, this year we are hosting or talking about or speaking to uh, two of the mo- they have multiple 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 chapters 
And we're talking about two of them. Uh, we have Las Vegas, obviously, here in Las Vegas, and North Dallas. So today, the Las Vegas uh, chapter had its Las Vegas FU Open, T-Dog. F-U. F dot U dot Open, 2021. It was held today at 8 o'clock at, um, it was uh, Coyote Springs Golf Course. Now, I, you've never played at Coyote Springs there, T-Dog, but I'm telling you right now, it's a very difficult golf course, about 50 miles north of Las Vegas, in the middle of nowhere, uh, I believe it is a uh, Jack Nicholas Nicholas Nicholson Jack Nicholas. It's a Jack Nicholas course, right? Yeah, <laughs> I have to think about those two Jacks. Yeah, yeah, Jack off. All right, and uh, it's listen. When I shoot there, it's usually around one eleven. I don't think Whoa. I've ever. Yeah, I don't think I've ever scored anything less than than a hundred. But uh, we did have a winner today. Uh, Patrick Petrie comes in shooting a ninety-two. That's with his. That's with his. Um, uh, he gets strokes, I'm sure, or he doesn't, or he's that shitty of a golfer. But he came in, shot a ninety-two, got a dollar thirty-five on the money list. Clint Cartwright came in second with a ninety-four, tying Clint in second is Mario Marcello. Marcello. Oh, Marcello, very good. Probably. I like that. Yeah. Uh, William Day and Larry Rogers. Sixth place is Brian Madrid. And then Eric Kulner, who is leading the chapter, by the way, in in points um, or on the money list, should I say, came in sixth with a solid 96 performance. Anthony Foster, big Anthony, 97. Nick Bird, 97. Jeremy Matson 97. Eric Hamilton, 98. Eric Lamont, El Presidente of the Las Vegas chapter shoots a solid 98. He at least he shot less than the temperature. Temperature is 110. Chris Crane, 99. Daniel Biggs, 99. Julius Rugal, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Rugal, Rugal, Rugaloni. Rudabella. <laughs> 100. And the rest, they don't even get an honorable mention only because they didn't make any money. So Patrick Petrie is your winner. Anthony Carrillo is the most mediocre. Biggest meltdown, Patrick Petrie. So wow. what does that mean? So he won, but he had the biggest meltdown. Yeah, so he probably was shooting, I don't know, let's say first half he shot a 36 and the back half maybe he shot a whatever. That's pretty interesting. I don't That'd know. Be a 56. Yes. 3656. Is that what the biggest meltdown means? You 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 shoot great in the beginning and then you shit the bed in the second half? Yes. Or first half, yeah. Defining it here. Longest drive goes to Eric Hamilton. Closest to the pin is Scott Ferguson. Gross award, Clint Cartwright. And guess who gets the key? The red key to the ladies' tees. Nima. Nima Jeroma. Jerome. Jerome. I was going to say. Slow your, slow your roll, Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got some text messaging going on because North Dallas is like, listen, bitches, we had ours on Saturday. You're on Sunday. North Dallas comes in. I don't know where they played at. They didn't tell me where, but they played the North Dallas, the MGA 2021. Is that is that Eric in the orange, the all orange? Yes. That is Eric. Good Lord. Boy, he really, he's got the most. 
interesting line of clothing in his closet. I have to, I have to think. He comes. With, he was wearing the the red and blue when we played golf with him. Now he's got the solid red, orange from from his head to his toe. Interesting. Abs- absolutely. He likes to be color coordinated and color blind all at the same time. <laughs> So let's talk North Dallas at the MGA 2021. Had a Saturday, June 12th, started at 8 o'clock. I doubt it was shotgun, which means everyone had to wait to tee off. But Tino Lopez comes in first, shooting a solid 86 and $1.35 on the money. Gary Davis follows up with Doug Turpin with 87. <laughs> Eric Vegara, what? What, what, what? I'm just reading the text messages. Yeah. Eric Vergara comes in at 88, Jeremy Ishmael at 89, Andy Pikett with a 90, Brian Linder with a 90, and James Mann with a 90. You have only oh got a pile of them at 91, Clay Wims, Charles Fry, and Mike Pryor, and Walter Jefferson. And then rounding up your four-cent winners, four cents, baby, Jeff Abishabrenner, Jeremy Holly, Ski Leonard, and Jared Griffin, all with four cent winners and shooting a 92. So your winners, Tino Lopez, most mediocre is Alex Schaefer. Shayer, I guess. Biggest meltdown, Patrick Wasson. Longest drive goes to James Mann. Closest to pin is Scott Leonard. Gross award is Kevin Hilton. And guess who gets the key to the red ladies' tees? Elijah Maine. You suck, my man, because you've got the key. Let's see what he shot. Elijah Main came in with a solid, geez, where are you at? Oh, 125. Solid score. Out of 51 players, Elijah Main gets 125. But guess what? Is it Denise or Dennis? I think it's Denise. D-E-N-I-S-E. Denise? Yeah, can't hear you, T-Dog. Tierney at 120. Yes, there you go, my friend. <laughs> oh, so this uh, this venue was played at Ridgeview, uh, Ridgeview Ranch Golf Club, 2701 Ridgeview Drive in Plano, Texas. T-Dog, when are you going to go up there and stink it up with the rest of them? I, I think I'm going to have to make it happen. I mean, I love uh, just reading the text here between the boys where <laughs> Eric's Shared the scores and Jeremy fires back now. Eric, Jeremy's the North Dallas chapter lead, right? And Eric is Vegas, so Jeremy fires back. Look at those scores. I'm joining your chapter because you know there was the winning score was what a 92. Yeah. And so Eric says you wouldn't last at Coyote Springs PGA course, not a flat community Texas course. And Jeremy says, bro, it's been wetter than you at a Las Vegas buffet in Texas for the last two months. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. There's some shit talking guy. Yep. Wetter than you at a Las Vegas buffet. I guess he's sweating because he's excited. Maybe because the buffets are open. I don't know. That's some good shit. That is some great shit. shit. So if you're out there, hey, if you're out there and you're listening and you're in any of the 50 states, uh, look up MGA, Mediocre Golf Association. It's kind of all right since 2006. And you can go and find your chapter and join it and go out there and stink it up like the rest of them. Listen, North Dallas MGA, their logo, face it, you suck. 
All right. <laughs> so let's go, baby. That's right up my that's right up my alley. That is right up your alley. So uh I believe I'm looking at the schedule. North Dallas's next tourney. Let's just make sure we get that out there. Oh, North Dallas, the FU Open, T Dog. Do you think you can possibly go? It's the Bridges Golf Club. July 17th, 8 a.m. start. Do you know where the Bridges is? Let me tell you where it is. 2400 Fred Couples Drive in Gunter, Texas. Is that near you? Gunter? Gunter, Texas. It's the FU Open. The Bridges Golf Course? That's what it's called? Yeah. Huh. And then the Las Vegas next open is called the Las Vegas Four Championship 2021. It's at the Desert Pine Golf Course July 11th. Get out looks like, there. Looks like Gunter, looks like Gunter is about an hour. Not terrible. Oh, it's not too bad. It's, it's 8 o'clock. Towards the casino. That's even better. And if you're out there, this is what you expect to hear on the course. Yeah. Oh, my aching nerves. Really? Oh, really? Well, I, I just hit that 45 yards. Didn't see that one coming. Wow. That's what you expect to see and hear, folks. I would think there'd be a lot more ex- ex- expletives, actually, when I'm out there. So, sorry. That's okay. Don't be sorry. MJ, face it, you suck. See you out there. Let's get to the main meat and potatoes, baby. NHL hockey. Let's get let's get some sound going. Let's get some sound, T-Dog. Here we go. This is the Vegas Golden Knights opener when they come out. Onto the ice, baby. Okay, that's pretty awesome. All right, that's pretty dang awesome. So we'll have that. Legit. That's legit. That's legit. But let's, for the people that have not experienced playoff hockey in the desert, let me tell you, let me play a little clip to show you how it's going to sound. All right. Let me just phase this one out because it sounds good. I got to phase it out. And then let's go to this one. my god what it got like all quiet oh it didn't you get barely quiet. hear the guy talking really but, yeah i heard it's it just fine mind. must be your clogged ears my friend <sighs> whatever so anyways we we are down to four folks this is the stanley cup semifinals games there's four teams remaining vegas holds off the avalanche man what a series my friend mm-hmm Montreal holds. Yeah, they pretty much they pretty much anointed Colorado the the champion after game two. How'd that work out? Not so good, man. Actually, to be honest with you, everyone was a little worried because Leonard came in and they gave up seven goals. And let's be let's face it, the Golden Knights played like crap. They really mm-hmm. did. 
Yeah, right off the bat, first game was brutal. Then they lost what in overtime? And then lost in overtime, three two. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, you know. Listen, you're down two, but you're you're on the road for those first two games. So y- you have to win one road game if you are not the home ice advantage. So you have to win one on the road. No big deal. You don't win the first two on the road. That's okay. It's not the end of the day. That That's what I said to myself. I felt pretty good about that. I'm like, you know what? Vegas might have lost two on the road, but they came pretty damn close to winning game two. And they ended up losing 3-2 in overtime. But then they, they ha- but you have to win at home. You have to. Period. End of story. You lose at home. Game over. Right? Well, I mean, not necessarily, but for the most part, yeah. For the most part, I would say. I mean, you know, this, I think the first game, I think the first game probably threw people off, right? I mean, because everybody expected this to be a very tight series. You know, both teams, they split the season series, I believe. They played eight games, I believe, right? And I think they went four and, you know, whatever. They split the games. Yeah. Um, They were tied for the most points in the league. Um, I think, you know, and obviously the Avalanche had the uh, tiebreaker. But, you know, I think the expectation was is Vegas would have bounced back in that game too and, you know, would have been right back in it. Yeah. So, yeah, I know you're, you know, you're talking about, yeah, you're going to fall behind 2 nothing as long as you take care of business at home. You come back, make it a best of three series, which is exactly what they did. Yep. But that first game was just so deflating, right? Oh, yeah. It just, it seemed like, oh, boy, you know, is this. And then they just come back and basically four game sweep them. So the first game was deflating, but I think needed. Like you needed, you had to put Leonard in. Wake up call. Yeah, you had to put Leonard in. He hadn't played in like a month, and Flurry just got done playing a seven game series, and he played off his, you know, top of his head. Mm-hmm. Our, you know, we we basically played the probably the two toughest teams in the NHL right now, with Minnesota because they're crafty. And Colorado for sure. I mean, they're they're the president's trophy winner. They want you know they had the most points. They and they only won. I mean, Vegas and and Avalanche had the most points, but they with whatever regular season wins or regular game wins, whatever Avalanche takes it. So they come back. They lose three to two in game two. They then they go to game four at home, and Vegas ends up winning three to two. Now, Vegas by far had the most, like, five goal games throughout the regular season. So, Sunday night, June, uh, June 6th, Chicago wins 5-1. to one. Tie the series up, looks good. Then they go on, they have to go on the road, which they do, and they take it to overtime. Same score as, as June 2nd, but this time Vegas on top. And might I add, the captain coming through. Stone with that sweet pass up the middle. Takes it down right over the, the glove side of of um, the Avalanche goalie. Game winner, game over, baby. Three to two. This is this is the push they needed. And they needed to close out uh, game six. It was back in Vegas. I mean, it was a must-win game for Vegas. I You know, some people are like, well, you know, if they lose. No, 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 no. No, they're they're not losing. Yeah, you didn't want to go. You didn't want to go back to Colorado. There's no way in hell I want to go back to Colorado. No, 
There's no and way now, I want to do seven games again. And now they're in. This is the. Is this the third or fourth? I mean, they've only been in the league for what four years? Yeah, so four years. They've been in the semifinals every year, or is this just three out of four? Three out of four. Jesus. And they would have been four out of four if it wasn't for that horrific hit against San Jose. Mm-hmm. I think it was game seven. We were up, uh, I don't know, three to one or something or four to one or whatever the score was. And then Eakin got that game misconduct, five-minute uh, major penalty, and San Jose came back in to beat us. And we mm-hmm. were cruising. So, yeah, three out of four. What does that tell you, man? Well, and then not only that, <clears throat> you know how oftentimes in the NFL the, the you know at least one of the championship the games that are heading to the Super Bowl are even better than what the Super Bowl could produce, right? You had those years when you know the 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 Cowboys and the Niners would play to see who would go to the Super Bowl, and you know all that type of stuff. Yeah. Does anybody think Montreal? even has a chance against <laughs> against Vegas. Well, we hope that Vegas doesn't think that. Well, I mean, to be honest with you. Cuz like you look at that and you say this the ultimately the series that just played probably the two best teams in in the NHL. And now they have to get through Montreal to get at the Stanley Cup Stanley Cup finals. It's almost you worry is there going to be a letdown because there, I I can't see how Montreal wins this series. Well, it goes like, let's see here. Montreal, first off, needed to, I'm trying to look to see when, when it ended, when playoffs started. So Montreal needed to beat Toronto Maple Leafs, which they did in game seven, right? So the be- probably one of the, the best northern team was Toronto, and they needed to beat them in seven, which they did. And then they played Winnipeg. And the only, my feeling is the only reason why Winnipeg doesn't move on is that horrific hit that Shipley hits on that defensive player. I mean, did you see it at all? I don't think so. Well, there's first off, uh, for them to go to game seven, Jonathan Tavares got hurt, hit pretty hard too, knocked out, knocked the F out, and... He, he was out for the, the remainder of the games. Montreal ends up coming back, winning in game seven. Then they go and play uh, the Winnipeg Jets, and they sweep them. Montreal sweeps Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. but After a tough uh, seven games against... Correct. Toronto. So they've had time to rest. But there's... But you have Shipley, which is by far one of their better players for the Winnipeg Jets... He literally he levels like Tim. Like if I can, ju- if I show you, like if this was me standing up, his head and his feet are literally one eighty <laughs> by the time it hits the ice. Nice. Absolutely levels them. But they end up winning game four in overtime. Uh, they sweep Winnipeg. You know what? Winnipeg win a cup. They didn't do it, and now they got to play the Vegas Golden Knights. Which I don't. I'm not even sure what. Um, I mean, they're what the. They're probably the eighth seed, or I would assume they're the eighth seed, or the fourth seed. Excuse me, the fourth well, seed in, in their division. Yeah. Right. So they're the fourth seed overall in the North Division, and they got to play Toronto run the North, right? Yeah, Toronto yeah. was first. Yep. 
And now they got to play the Vegas Golden Knights, who was first in their division. I'd have to look at the uh, standings, the remaining of the standings. Maybe you could pull it up. Uh, well, they they were twenty four and twenty one and something. I mean, they're. I, I actually just looked it up. This is the largest Stanley Cup semifinal favorite in history in thirty one years. I should say. God, I hope this doesn't the, get to their the head. Golden, yeah, I mean, the Golden Knights are are minus four listed at minus four fifty. <laughs> wow. The money line for, yeah, so. They that basically puts them in the eighty to ninety percent chance to win. You'd have to bet like four hundred and fifty dollars to win a hundred bucks. I'm in. I got four fifty for a hundo. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say I'd say the Golden Knights have their work cut out for them. They, this is they're they're definitely favored to to crush here. Well, right now Vegas is Vegas played two meaningful you know series. Solid teams, decent teams, definitely the Avalanche. That, that, like you were saying, dude, that was probably or could have been. Well, it wouldn't have been the Stanley Cup final any other year. It would have been this. They should have played now in the semifinals. Avalanche were was in a you know in the Central, and Vegas out of the West. They would have probably been here instead of round two. Right, but for a round two matchup, that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So now we have the semifinals, Vegas Golden Knights going against Montreal, but I got something out there. This just in. Just saying. Old LV's going to be at the game tomorrow. Coming to you kind of live because it's a podcast. Breaking news, baby. Breaking news. So there is some... There's some interesting storylines there, T Dog. A couple of a couple of years ago, Max Pacioretty was playing for Montreal. Yeah, Canadians. Yeah, and he was their captain for about three years. And they said, "Hey," he said, "Hey, I want to trade." And they're like, "Well, where do you want to go?" And he's like, "I want to go to Vegas, baby, Vegas. You know, double down." And. Um, Vegas was interested and they traded, they got max and they traded away a, a, a rookie. I guess you would say he hadn't really played in the NHL yet. Nick Suzuki. Well, Nick's having a really good year as well. And Patch Reddy's 32 years old right now. And he's, he's having a, a great year as well. So they asked him, he's, he, he's basically downplaying this matchup. He's like, hey, I played hard for Montreal. I play hard for Vegas. At the end of the day, I'm competing to win a Stanley oh, yeah. Cup. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were hoping to get, you know, going against his old team. Pacioretty scored 448 points, 222 goals, 220, or 226 goals with 222 assists and 626 games with the Canadians. He's been more productive with the Golden Knights, scoring 157 points, 78 goals, and 79 cents in 185 games. More productive. And that's because Pacioretty, Patches, Mark Stone, and then you throw in, um, what's his face, the speedster from Washington that we got. That got. That line right there has been playing absolutely great. And what's making... Vegas even more better than they can be 
is that their third and fourth lines are actually contributing to goals as well. Hey, if you can get your fourth line centerman Brown to come in and score a goal, you get those guys coming in and scoring goals, then it's going to be a lot easier to win games. Although Pacioretty was downplaying the past connection and the emotions it may stir up, others were citing them as inevitable when the Golden Knights play the, the Canadians, possibly referencing the Montreal owner Jeff Molson and general manager Mark Berglevine each said the forward asked to be traded, something Pacioretty has denied. But I had heard that too, that he wanted to go. I mean, he said there's two, you know, the two different climates, there's two different areas. I mean, who doesn't want to come to Vegas to play hockey? Now, first, the team is, as you said, T Dog, they've been in the, the semifinals four of the last, uh, three of the four three last the four last years. Four. Why wouldn't you? No state tax. Why wouldn't you? I mean, there's a lot going for it. Well, I think to me, you know, and I know I said this at the beginning, just, you know, who is anybody thinks that, you know, Montreal can win this series? I think it's it's really going to come down to their goalie. Um, what's his name? Carey Price. He's actually been yeah. playing pretty well. Yeah. He's been playing pretty well in the playoffs. I think, you know, so he's got a decent save percentage. And um, I think that's, you know, if they can rattle him early, especially early in the series, I think it's, yeah, Vegas is looking at a sweep. But if, you know, you let him get hot, you know, they steal one at home in Vegas, you know, maybe a, a one nothing or a 2-1 game or something if if Price continues to play well. Because yeah. Fleury's playing great. So you could see that, but um, that's that's about the only thing I can see that would that keep would, would keep Vegas from just smoking this in well at least five. Vegas tends to when you have a pretty hot goalie, Vegas tends to sometimes not show up too and not score. Mm-hmm. Especially against the last uh the last round, you know, game one, seven to one loss. Vegas number two, Montreal number four. I mean, it's going to be, you're absolutely right. They're the heavy favorites. So we just need to make sure that Vegas understands that they've gone through two really good teams themselves up in the, up in the North. And now they're coming down to you to Vegas to to battle on. And, and once again, I will be at that game. Yeah, I know you told us that already. The Golden Knights led the NHL in, with 40 wins and a goal differential of, my, of plus 67. <clears throat> Tying for the lead in points of 82 with Colorado. It's going to be an interesting series. I Once again, Vegas has to win at home, and they don't have to necessarily win on the road, T-Dog. They have home ice advantage. They'll have it all the way. They theoretically can have it all the way to the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's how yeah. That's how math works. Four is more than three. So yeah, you're right. Do I really want it to go to seven games? I don't know. I don't that's think good so. Question? Do you? No, I don't. So what do you have it at? Call it now. What do you have? Vegas and Montreal. What do you have? The final wins losses in the series. Vegas and five. I'll take Vegas and six. Hmm. And uh, 
hey, pray for a shut, you know, pray pray for a sweep, but I, I think six would be cool. Win one on the road, take it home, go to the finals. Question is who we're going to be playing against. Uh, right now it is the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the New York Islanders. Islanders are on a roll, baby. They are on a serious roll. And it, now the Lightning, they're the defending champs, right? Yes. They won the strike shortened what are strike? <laughs> COVID shortened season? Yes. COVID shortened freaking season. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. So Valarmov, uh Islanders hold off Lightning in game 1. Makes 30 saves. Brazil Pulak score for New York to open up semifinals. So this is on the road. Remember, Islanders need to win at least one road game because they're not the favorites. They don't have home ice advantage. You got to win one. Tough at home. And Tampa is tough at home. But there again, you know, is it is it one of those things where you're like, mm, you know, we should beat this team. But Islanders are a gritty, gritty team. Well, they're looking for revenge. I mean, they lost in uh, last year's uh, semifinals, right? That is correct. To Tampa. So there you go. Two to one win against Tampa Bay today. Uh, I have, I can see, I can see. I would like to see the New York Islanders play, but I would prefer. I, I guess I don't care which team comes. Uh, if Vegas can move on, I guess I can. I guess I, I don't care which team. If it's New York Islanders or Tampa Bay. I think it would be you always want to play the best. Well, the Tampa Gate, Tampa Bay game would be fun. Yeah, knock the defending champs off. Correct. I think you always want to play the best, and and that would be the best. Braden Point scores. Andre Vasilevsky uh, makes twenty nine saves for the Lightning. It's going to be a good series, man. I have Tampa Bay in six. What you got? Over the Islanders. Yeah. Hmm. I think they're going to push it. I think I'm going to go Tampa Bay in seven. Wow, that'd be nice. That's what I'm saying. I like what you're saying. Yeah, what do you want from me? Uh, well, you know what I want for you? Here's what I want for you. I want you to be healthy so you, you could stop skipping out on my Monday morning couch potato podcast, friend. I'm a, I'm a sour potato. What do you want from me? Listen, last week when T-Dog's like, dude, I can't go, this was my response. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 We need some new sound bites. No. We, we need to... I, I, I like those sound bites. Sound bites. No, listen, no, listen. I I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to draft my next co-host. I'm going to draft him. And it's going to sound like this. Next co-host on the blocks for the t- it's not going to be the T Dog. I don't know who it's going to be, but that, I just thought That's it was fine fun. for me. I get to go to bed early on a Sunday. Though. What you sons of bitches? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> Is this thing on? Oh, it's on. Well, uh, you've been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Visit our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at mmcouchpotatoes. Listening to this podcast doesn't make you any smarter than you already are. 
The Monday Morning Couch Tales podcast is for general purposes only. Hey, thanks for listening. Glad I'm back, baby. <laughs>